Nathan, and this is the Bible in 90 Days, Day 31. And we are in 1 Chronicles 10 through 23. And I'm going to note again at the beginning of this episode that you'll find that much of what's in 1 and 2 Chronicles is a repetition of events recorded previously in 2 Samuel as well as 1 and 2 Kings. And so as we move through the Chronicles, instead of sort of retelling that information, I will often make notes of where it shows up in previous books, 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings. And you can refer back to those summaries, those episodes, for the more detailed summaries. We start in chapter 10, which begins with the story of Saul's suicide. And again, I'm not going to recount that here because it's detailed in the highlights for 1 Samuel 31. Chapter 11 tells of David's conquest of Jerusalem, led by Joab, noting that the Jebusites told David, and I'm quoting little sentence here, you will not get in here. Joab's successful assault earned him the role of commander-in-chief of David's army. The chapter then lists David's mighty warriors. Chapter 12 lists the warriors who joined David at Ziklag while banished from King Saul's presence. The chapter next lists warriors who joined David when he assumed leadership of the entire nation at Hebron. And I'm quoting, all these were fighting men who volunteered to serve in the ranks. Chapter 13 records David's first attempt at bringing back the ark and was recounted in highlights for 2 Samuel 6. Chapter 14 reports on David's house and family as well as his defeat of the Philistines and how his fame spread. Chapter 15 recounts that David pitched a tent for the ark in Jerusalem and then had it brought by the Levites, this time following God's instructions. The parade of the ark is accompanied by musicians, both singers and instrument players. More details are recounted in the summary of 2 Samuel 6. Chapter 16, this chapter you need to read. It records that David, and I quote, appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord. The chapter also includes these beautiful words. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. The chapter makes this important note as well, and I quote, Heman and Jeduthun were responsible for the sounding of the trumpets and cymbals and for the playing of the other instruments for sacred songs. Chapter 17 records Nathan, David, and God's interaction regarding David's longing to build a magnificent temple for God. It's quite similar to 2 Samuel chapter 7. Chapter 18 records David's victories and his officials, very similar to 2 Samuel 8. Chapter 19 records David's defeat of the people of Ammon, as well as the Arameans who were aiding the people of Ammon. This battle was mentioned previously in 2 Samuel 10. Chapter 20 records Joab leading the forces in the spring while David stayed back in Jerusalem. 2 Samuel 11 and 12 report that during this time, David had an affair with Bathsheba. 1 Chronicles, however, leaves out all reference to this event. There are two fascinating details in the chapter, however, that is in 1 Chronicles here. 
And those are, number one, that Lami, Goliath's brother, was killed in battle. And two, that a battle at Gath included a huge man with 12 fingers and 12 toes. Chapter 21 records that David commanded a census of the fighting men. This is mentioned as well in 2 Samuel 24. However, a very important note is made in this chapter from 1 Chronicles about the event. And I quote, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. This differs from that in 2 Samuel 24, in that 2 Samuel places responsibility on God for inciting David to take the census. What does this difference in the two narratives tell us? Simply this, some events credited as being incited by God, in fact, represent God as a passive actor. That is, not intervening to stop an event, while also not causing the event. One of the unique insight in the chapter is this, and I quote, The tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses had made in the wilderness, and the altar of burnt offering were at that time on the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, because he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. It's notable that 1 Chronicles says nothing about either the incident with Tamar and Amnon, nor the incident with Absalom trying to take the throne from his father, David. Chapter 22 is unique to 1 Chronicles, recording the preparations David made for the temple Solomon would soon build. This included the appointment of stonecutters, masons, and carpenters. He also gathered large amounts of iron, bronze, silver, and gold, as well as cedar logs. Incidentally, the silver gathered totaled 37,500 tons and the gold 3,750 tons. And now I quote from the chapter. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Then David charged Solomon to build a house for the Lord, saying, in part, and I quote now, This word of the Lord came to me. You have shed much blood and have fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon. And I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He is the one who will build a house for my name. Our final chapter, chapter 23, records David gathering the leaders of Israel along with the priests and Levites, appointing them to the work of the temple, as well as to be officials and judges. The chapter includes specific divisions among the Levites, corresponding to the sons of Levi, Gershwin, Kohath, and Merari. It should be noted that David is making a change to the work of the Levites, as he himself observes. And I'm quoting, Since the Lord, the God of Israel, has granted rest to his people and has come to dwell in Jerusalem forever, the Levites no longer need to carry the tabernacle or any of the articles used in its service. Thus, and I'm quoting a little farther down, the duty of the Levites was to help Aaron's descendants in the service of the temple of the Lord. And that's all for today.